Welcome to the Healthy Hair Podcast. Your host, Dr. Amy Brenner, is a board-certified OBGYN with additional certifications in functional and integrative medicine. This podcast is meant to help women find reliable, relevant information to help them feel better, look better, and live better. Here, you will hear in-depth information about hormones, sexual medicine, aesthetics, cosmetic gynecology, and functional medicine. Welcome to another episode of Healthy Her. I'm Dr. Amy Brenner, and today we're going to be talking about a sexy topic, not really, uh, understanding your medical bills and your insurance. And we have a special guest who uh, runs the show here at Amy Brenner MD and Associates, and it's our office manager and billing and coding expert, Emma Oder. Hello. So nice to be here. Yeah, well, thanks for joining us. And uh, the reason why I had you on the show is because we get a lot of patients who are calling and need to talk to you because they have questions about their uh, invoice or uh, EOB from their insurance company or just you get so many questions. So I thought it might be something some people might actually be interested in learning about. Yeah. Um for sure, we get lots of questions about bills. I think um, health insurance coverage and billing has gotten more and more complicated and hard for the patient to understand. Um, The more we get into these changes that the government um, implements. Yeah, so I remember even when I had a a endometrial ablation, I was even confused because I thought I met my deductible and I showed up there and they said I owed $1,000 and I paid it. But then I came back to the office and said, hey, I met my deductible. Why did I have to pay this money? And so I didn't even understand it. And that was five years ago. So um, so before we get started, um, maybe you could just talk a little bit of... Because you've been doing this a long time, haven't you? Yes. Uh, 25, almost 26 years now. So a long time. <laughs> yeah. Um, so in that 25 years, I've been doing it for 20 years. Um, uh, how have you seen that insurance has changed? You know, um, it seems like to me that the insurance companies, and I think most people would agree, the insurance companies are paying less and less. And we are paying as patients more and more. Um, Our premiums are more. um, Our responsibility is more. So the uh, cost is weighing heavily on a lot of the patients and not the insurance company. Yeah, it's just how it feels. And it's just frustrating for everybody. It's it's frustrating being the consumer or being the patient because you're already paying this monthly fee. And then when you actually go to use it, it's frustrating because you're thinking, what the heck? I pay all this money per month. I have insurance. Why do I have to pay more? Exactly. And then, you know, on the opposite side as a physician, they're paying us less and less to provide these services as well. Yeah. And, you know, at, I was in a group practice, as as you know, for the first 11 years of my career. And uh, that practice was uh, just insurance based. And there were times where I was seeing 
I think at one point I saw 67 patients in a day and my schedule, I saw patients every five to 15 minutes. And, um, I know that physicians that are strictly in the insurance model just have a decreased job satisfaction because they just feel like they're on the hamster wheel of they just have to see more and more patients to keep the lights on. Yes. So it's um, definitely that cycle for providers. Again, same, they're feeling the same pressures that patients are feeling of. I have to do more, see more to in order to make any kind of living and then the patients are left with i don't want to go to the doctor i have to pay so much every month for coverage i can't even afford to use because my percentage is so high yeah it's just it's it's just frustrating for everybody involved from the the doctors the the hospitals the and, and the patients so I hope that maybe by the end of this podcast, uh, it might help some patients understand their medical bills or understand their insurance companies. So, um, so let's get in it. I think a, a common question is uh, understanding what their deductible is and what that means, because most people have a deductible. In fact, I know our our office uh, health insurance plan for the employees that work here has a $5,000 deductible. So could you just talk a little bit about what a deductible is? Yes. So what a deductible is, and if you don't have one, don't let go of that job and or company (laughs) that you're working for that has no deductible. But um, what a deductible is, is it is a, you're making a, a commitment or a contract with your insurance carrier saying, I will pay a certain amount before the insurance company starts paying on my covered services. So there's a dollar amount you have to meet before your insurance company starts paying anything out of their pocket. So that's your responsibility. They don't pay anything until you've met that amount. Great. So, and then after that, like in my situation where I met my deductible and then I had I went and had the endometrial ablation and I still was responsible. And I came back and you told me, well, because you have a 20% co-insurance. So is that something that people get confused about of co-insurance versus co-pay? Yes. I think, um, again, everything with insurance is so confusing. Um, a co-insurance is the amount. So when you make that, that agreement with the insurance company, there's typically a deductible where you have to pay a certain amount before they start paying. And then they start sharing that cost with you. So that's what your co-insurance is, where your insurance company says, okay, now we'll share the cost. You'll pay this percent and we'll pay that percent. So that's your co-insurance amount. Um, Most companies these days, it's at least 20%. Um, Sometimes it can be up to 30 or 40%, depending on your insurance plan and the service that you're having. So you pay 40% until you meet what's called your out-of-pocket max. And that out-of-pocket max is what you have to pay for the company, the insurance company to start paying everything. So if your deductible is 5000 your co-insurance is 20%, and your out-of-pocket is $10,000, you are going to pay that first 5000 then the insurance company is going to share the remaining amount with you. 
and you're going to pay 20% of all your bills until you pay out $10,000. And then, and only then, does your insurance company start actually paying everything in full, which that's a large sum to pay out for a lot of people. Yeah, that's a lot of money. And you're still paying your monthly fee, correct? And you're paying your monthly premium. And that that deductible and that coinsurance and that out-of-pocket, that resets every year. So that's what you're paying every year, not for the life of the time that you have the plan. That's every year that resets. Right. So if you have a coinsurance type of plan like I do, do you also have a copay? Yeah, you can still have a copay. And some plans, that copay goes towards your coinsurance. And some plans, they say, yeah, your copay, you just have to pay. It doesn't go towards your deductible. It doesn't go towards your coinsurance. And it doesn't go towards your out-of-pocket. You're always going to pay a copay when you go to the office. Interesting. So there's so many variations. It's really almost impossible for a physician's office or hospital to understand your plan. Is that was that a fair statement? Oh, that's a very fair statement. There's so many little insurance companies out there um, that are self-funded. There are little insurance companies that are part of big networks, but the network still needs to get the money from the little insurance company. So there are plans that there's something I think um, we'll talk about called preventative services, where you can get plans where those aren't covered, save you some money. There are so many variables. It, it would be a thousand page document for a a hospital and or doctor's office to have a reference for each one of the variables. So I think that's what adds another layer of frustration is just price transparency is you don't know. It's, it's really complicated for people to fully understand what their insurance benefits are. And that's true. And I think something that's really helpful is to knowledge is power. And patients need to educate themselves so that they know that they're getting the health coverage that they deserve. Um, All these little uh, insurance companies and big insurance companies, if you go to their website, there's patient portals that you can sign up for. And it'll tell you what your bill is, what the um, deductible is going to be, how much you've met, how much it is. Same with your co-insurance and your out-of-pocket. How many visits? Because some services, they're, they limit the amount you can have per year. That's usually things like occupational therapy, physical therapy, even chiropractic care. There's a lot of things like that where they, the insurance company says, yeah, we'll cover that, but we'll only cover five visits a year or 10 visits a year, it's kind of like your well visit. They will only cover one a year. So it's very beneficial to patients to get to their insurance website and log into that portal and educate themselves about what their coverage is. Yeah. So you bring up a good word is, quote, covered, end quote, is I thought this was covered. Um, so how does somebody know if a service is covered or it's, it's, it's not covered? Um, I think you get a lot of those, um, kind of phone calls is I don't understand why I'm getting a bill for this is I thought it was my insurance company said it's covered. So that's a good point that you bring up is, um, Covered. Covered means that it's a service that the insurance considers medically necessary. Like this would be payable. 
but we're going to look at your contract that we have with you and have you met your deductible? No, then you're getting a bill for the full amount. Have you met your deductible? Yes, but have you, do you still have your car insurance and has your out of pocket been met? No. Okay, you're going to get a bill for 20, 30, whatever your, your co-insurance amount is. Or have you met your, your deductible and you're out of pocket? Oh, yes. Then we're paying everything in full. A service that's covered is not necessarily paid for, I think, is where patients get confused. So we most people understand that typical cosmetic things are not covered. So if you go to our Medispa and get Botox or Juvederm filler uh, to help with wrinkles or to look younger, you would think that that's, that's, that's going to be out of pocket. You're seeing a plastic surgeon for a facelift or a breast augmentation. Most people understand these days that those are going to be out of pocket expenses. Would you, would you think that's a fair statement? That is a fair statement, but you would be surprised. Like I personally am um, last year had a breast reduction. Um, I thought that that was something that I would have to pay for, but I went to my plastic surgeon and said, you know, um, did it looks like with your history of migraines and back pain and neck pain and you having chiropractic care and massages that this may be covered by your insurance because your large breast could be causing that issue. And sure enough, he was correct. They took some photos, they sent over my history and the insurance company decided, hey, yeah, we will cover this. We will cover consider this a covered service. So things typically you would think if it's cosmetic is not going to be covered. And that's true. Like I couldn't go and get a breast augmentation, not that I needed or wanted one, but I, I couldn't go do that. But for, because there was an actual medical condition um, that my large breasts were contributing to, that insurance company looked at it and said, hey, the cost of this insurance um, or this procedure is a lot less than constantly paying for her migraine medicine and her therapy, uh, her massage therapy and her chiropractic care. So the insurance company decided this is something we want to cover. So there are cases where some things can be covered, but for the most part, it's not going to be. Yeah, well, that was great that your plastic surgeon that you saw that their office was knowledgeable enough to point it out that that they would be able to get some insurance coverage. Typically, it's usually on the, the back end of, you know, I'm doing, for instance, we'll say a CO2 laser or platelet-rich plasma for lichen sclerosis, which is a medical problem. And we're using these devices and, and treatments and patients don't understand, well, why isn't that covered? It's a medical problem. Yeah. So, and that's, (laughs) we're lucky enough to have you looking into things that are, um, kind of ahead of their time. Um, there hasn't been enough research done on the, um, not so much the efficacy, but it's, it's a new and innovative service. And so you're kind of ahead of the curve. That may be something that insurance companies in the future say, yeah, this is great. We need to start covering this. But unfortunately, technology is ahead of the insurance companies. And um, those things, Unfortunately, though they work and we know that they work, 
the insurance company hasn't had those big research studies covered yet. So in our office, because we do things that are covered by insurance and we have contracts with most major insurance companies, but we also do things such as aesthetics, Botox, filler, body contouring, cool sculpting, Evolve, uh, laser treatments, PRP, uh, compounded bioidentical hormones. All of those things are not covered. And uh, we have the luxury of having billing and coding and insurance experts like yourself, as well as uh, uh, the other uh, girls that are on your team to help people understand and have read all of our insurance contract and policies. Uh, and we let our patients know. And when there's any gray area, we have them sign a, a non-covered service waiver. But for the average patient, uh, how would they know if they were just at home and considering a laser treatment for lichen sclerosis of, or, you know, anything of, is this covered or not covered other than calling, other than calling you? Yeah. The thing that's difficult with insurance companies, you can call and say, Hey, I want to have PRP treatments. And the insurance companies could say, yeah, PRP treatments are covered because um, research has been done for PRP when it comes to injecting it in the joints and promoting healing in joints. But that's the only research studies that have been approved at this time. So yeah, I'm not sure if that's covered either. My husband went to an orthopedic surgeon and had PRP and it was an out-of-pocket expense. So although ortho was the first people, the first subspecialty to be using PRP, I'm not sure that it's covered because my husband paid out-of-pocket for uh rotator cuff surge or PRP injections? Yeah, it's it depends on the patient and the service, um, the, the policy that they carry. I can tell you that there is a code, uh, what's considered a CPT code or a procedure code. It's a, a, digit, a five digit number that the insurance, it's kind of like our, the language we speak to the insurance company with to let them know this is what was done. So there is a code for um, PRP injections into the joint. Is your policy going to cover it every time? Possibly no, but there is a procedure code for that. So uh, there are some policies that may cover that. Some may consider it investigational, like um, with the lichen sclerosis. It just depends on the policy. Um, but your insurance company, they're going to want that procedure code. You can't just call and say, hey, I'm having blood work. They want to know specifically what blood work so they're going to want that that code the the language that we use to speak to them to know what you're having done and why right and every now and then there are specific codes that insurances just won't reimburse you for so i think some uh isn't it am i right if it's weight loss or there's some codes that uh infertility codes typically kind of get rejected and fall back to the patient responsibility. Um, Correct. Some things the insurance company, again, it goes back to kind of that cosmetic thing. There are some things they don't consider medically necessary. Like infertility can be heartbreaking and so hard, but insurance companies say that you medically don't have to have a child. So it's your choice if you want to do that, you'll have to pay for that. Yeah. But on the flip side, some insurance companies do cover that. 
Yeah, uh, there are tons of policy. There, there are so many variables. Um, there are a lot of um, Catholic facilities. There's hospitals that are Catholic hospitals because of religious reasons. They don't cover birth control, any kind of sterilization. So hmm. that is written specifically in their policy that they don't cover that. So if you work for one of those facilities, you don't have that coverage where everyone else has that coverage. So there are so many variables when it comes to your policies that you really need to be diligent. Patients really need to be diligent in what they're getting covered and what their insurance policy looks like. Right. One last question, and then I'll let you get back to answering our patients' uh, questions about your um, about their insurance. Um, is when they come in for an annual exam. So uh, most, but not all, insurance companies cons- consider an annual exam preventative, and that's actually free and doesn't go towards their deductible. Am I right with that? That that's correct, but it's that exactly. It's Think of it this way. Um, if you're going to your doctor, uh, not just for your pad, but you get a well visit a year, but it's that exactly. It's preventative or well. You are fine. You have no issues. You're coming to the doctor to say, hey, um, I'm here. I'm here for my annual visit to make sure everything's on track for my age and my, my gender and where I should be. There is absolutely nothing wrong with you. But if you have something wrong, you have a fever, congestion, or a surf and you say, Doc, on top of it, I don't feel well. This is what's going on. Then they're also providing a diagnostic service because there's a diagnosis associated with what's going on with you. So there's two different visits that can happen at your doctor's office. There's a well visit, which is covered at 100% at least once a year. And then there is when you have stuff going on. Um, like with our office, it can be things like urinary tract infections or yeast infections. And those visits, because there is a diagnosis associated with it, kind of falls into that category where then you're looking at your deductible and your co-pays and co-insurances and that kind of thing. Right. So maybe you can just also explain, at least from a gynecologist's point of view, of what what do you get at your annual exam? I know for Medicare, it's simply a breast exam and a pelvic exam. Uh, tr- traditional insurance uh, can allow a little bit more of talking about birth control, screening for STDs, uh, a physical exam, and pap smear. Correct. Um, your mammogram, if you're a colonoscopies, if you're of the right age. Your skin, if you're a screening age. So it's very age dependent. And from a gynecology perspective, we're going to do your breast exam, your pelvic exam, your pap. We can talk to you about birth control. We can talk to you about all your, your health markers, your diet, that kind of thing. If there's something wrong, if you but, say, hey, but I'm if you're a- overweight, yeah. And and you exactly. say, I am not at an ideal weight and I want to talk about diet. That's a problem, isn't it? Correct. So you have an issue going on. You can't lose weight. Or I'm also tired. I'm tired and I can't exercise. Then we're looking at, okay, why do these things happen? We need to, usually there's, as a physician, I'm sure there are, there are tests involved, ordering testing or medication or that is when those visits also become 
a billable visit for diagnostic services and fall into that deductible copay coinsurance category. Right. Sometimes I know you've gotten calls for uh, where we did our job accurately and our coding team coded the visit where somebody came in for a problem or an annual, but also had a problem and it was coded correctly. And the patient wants us to write it as an annual. And I know that you've talked to the patient of, well, why can't we just do that? Because then it's free for the patient. Yeah, so we have to be really careful. I personally don't look at in stripes or orange, and I don't want you, that, that's considered insurance fraud, uh, saying, hey, this is wasn't what was done. Uh, we're going to say something else was done, and that, that's insurance fraud. So we have to be, follow yeah. the rules, we have to follow the laws. We also have contracts with our insurance carriers, and if we're breaking the rules, they could tell us, hey, we don't want you to be your insurance provider anymore. We don't want to work with you. And then our, those patients are paying out of pocket for everything. Right. And although there are these frustrations with insurance companies and it's hard to understand your policy and that type of thing, I think the majority of our patients uh, appreciate the fact that we still are in network with most insurance companies because most people that provide the type of care that we provide as far as uh, functional medicine, integrative medicine, uh, being experts in hormones, perimenopause, menopause, andropause, most people that do that type of care don't take any insurance. Yes, because it's a lot of work. Um, it's a lot of work doing that. But I think here we try to always do what's best for the patient. Um, both financially and medically. So um, I think most of our patients appreciate the fact that what we can bill it to insurance, what's frustrating, we can't bill everything. We do what we can and follow the rules. Exactly. So hopefully this podcast, uh, people will listen to it, our patients will listen to it, and hopefully clear up uh, some some of the uh, misunderstanding about insurance. But I'm not sure it's going to get rid of the frustration uh, from anybody's standpoint. But thanks so much for joining us and taking the time to explain this. Sure. Anytime. Thank you for listening to this episode of Healthy Her. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and the web. Go to www.dramybrenner.com to learn more. This podcast is for general information only and does not constitute as medical advice, the practice of medicine, nursing, or other healthcare services. No patient-physician relationship is formed. The information in the podcast and any references, material, or links are at the sole discretion of the listener and not meant to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis or treatment. Listeners should not delay or disregard obtaining medical advice for any medical issues or diagnoses that they may have and should seek medical advice from their healthcare provider for any such conditions.